Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, shadow people. That's correct, shadow people. But before I get to our main topic, I just wanted to cover two items I came across in the news. Uh, this first one apparently happened back on July 30th. Looks like it's starting to break into the um, search engine results a little bit right now. I found the article on space.com and I linked it to the... Uh, on the site, ufowarning.com. If you go to ufowarning.com, you'll find links to all the articles that we talk about here and also the video that we talk about. That's ufowarning.com. If you go to that site, at the bottom of the page, you'll see a little donate button. And if you want to throw in a buck or two or more, feel free. It accepts Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, and Dogecoin. Otherwise, you can go to the Anchor website and become a sponsor a big shout out to the people that are doing that. I really appreciate the help that those people so faithfully give on a monthly basis. We're not at a large number yet, but what we do have is very much appreciated. Now this article states, the title says, Two planes report bright green UFO swooping through the clouds over Canada. It says a military plane may have had to swerve to avoid the mysterious object surveillance data shows. Now, I'm reading between the lines here, and I'm saying this is this is kind of a close encounter. He spots the UFO and says, may have had to swerve. Well, looks like he did have to swerve. And they actually have the surveillance data to prove it. But look how they soft sell it. Late on July 30th, pilots of, the, of two separate aircraft, one military and one commercial, reported seeing a mysterious green UFO vanish into the clouds over the Gulf of St. Lawrence on the Atlantic coast of Canada, Vice News reported. According to a <clears throat> reported post August 11th to the Canadian government's aviation incident database, both flights witnessed a bright green flying object that flew into a cloud and then disappeared. The object did not impact the operations of either flight, the report noted. One of the aircraft that reported the sighting was a Canadian military plane, flying from a base in Ontario to Cologne, Germany. The passenger flight was a KLM Royal Dutch Airlines plane flying from Boston to Amsterdam. Stephen Watkins, an aviation and shipping researcher, looked at transponder data from the two flights and saw that the military plane climbed to 1,000 feet in altitude at the time of the sighting, possibly to avoid the object or to get a closer look at it. There's a chance the UFO could have been a meteor streaking through the sky. And it says the plane climbed, oh, climbed 1,000, not to 1,000, but climbed 1,000 feet. So obviously they've seen this thing. It looks like they're trying to get up a little closer to it to actually do a visual on it. It says, yes, I know the UFO sighting would have been at the early stage of the pursued meteor shower, Watkins added, but don't be buzzkill. The Canadian Air Aviation report tagged the incident with the catch-all label weather balloon meteor rocket UFO, not ruling out a space rocket as a possible, possible culprit. Yes, I'm sure of that. Unlike the U.S. Defense Department, Canada's Department of National Defense does not track UFO sightings, a department spokesman told Vice. Still, there is no shortage of civilian enthusiasts north of the border. In December 2019, a private collector donated more than 30,000 UFO-related documents to the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg. 
including scores of documents on the Falcon Lake incident, Canada's most infamous UFO case. Meanwhile, in June of 2021, <clears throat> the public, the publicly released, the the Pentagon publicly released a long-awaited report. Yeah, we know all about that. 140 pages of nothing. It says, of course, that's just the unclassified nine-page version of the report. Some of the report's juiciest details hide in classified annex, which the public will never see. The Guardian reported, yeah, we know this also. They're never going to give us full disclosure. Okay, never. It's never going to happen. Just get it through your heads. If you think that's the case, you're only fooling yourself. But what we had here is very interesting. This is a dual UFO sighting by a military plane and by a commercial uh, pilot. So two very reliable eyewitness sources, they see this uh, greenish-yellow, bright green, it says UFO over Canada. That's what it says, two aircraft reported seeing a bright green UFO. Bright green UFO. Now, you know, it must have looked like a UFO, otherwise they wouldn't have reported it as that. They didn't say we saw a shooting star. They didn't say we saw a drone, a man in a jetpack, a weather balloon. They said we saw a UFO. Okay. So the, the, the reporting here by space is pretty good. But you can see how the government tries to just, well, they try to stick with the narrative. And that's what they do, even when it's in Canada. But still, a, a, a fascinating sight. I think it's I think it's an interesting sight, too, because it's a dual eyewitness. And they are reliable eyewitnesses. I mean, just like law enforcement. You know, people go to jail on what these people claim to have seen. Uh, you've got a guy flying a, a, a jet plane full of people. We depend on him. He's considered reliable. Uh, the fellow that, that's the, the, the Air Force pilot there, he's considered reliable. We, we trust him with, you know, heavy-duty uh, assets of war. And they both see the same UFO at the same time. You can bet yourself somewhere that the, US has a, that the United States government has a satellite picture of this thing, which they're also not sharing. There was one other little news article that I found interesting, and I did um, also link link this on the site. It's going to take me just a second, maybe, to get there. And you know, this this really gets into some more weirdness. Uh, weirdness about the whole weird weirdness about the whole disclosure thing. Uh, weirdness about um, the current administration, and who's actually running the show. Uh, it says, uh, this here comes out of a website called storywarrant.com. You can go there and uh, to the website ufowarning.com, and you can link to it. I know the videos, I think with I think you can link the video on this here article I've got uh, linked. And it's also, uh, there's a video on YouTube from Sky News, and... Uh, you can listen to the video on there. I'm not going to go through all the hassle of trying to play the video over the podcast. But what's happening is it's a town meeting that Biden had a few weeks ago, which apparently not that many people even listen to. And somebody asked him a, a softball question, and he goes on to this rambling uh, response where he talks about the man on the moon and aliens living among us. It's really, it's a little creepy, actually. Now, if you go to ufowarning.com, it says, Watch Biden babbles about aliens and man on the moon when asked about black vaccine hesitancy. So, I'm not sure uh, what the fact that 
that black folks have a low rate of succumbing to the vaccine uh, you know, bullying has to do with aliens, but it, it apparently it's 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 connected somehow in his head. It says the following article, Watch Biden Babbles About Aliens and a Man on the Moon, when asked about black vaccine hesitancy, was first published on Flag and Cross. And then it says... Um, Then it says, I get the feeling President Joe Biden is just as tired of these interminable CNN presidential channels as I am. After Wednesday's night's performance, you wonder why he keeps on having them. There are, there are any number of genuinely uh, outro moments from the event, which featured Biden and CNN host Don Lemon on stage on Mount St. Joseph University in Delhi Township, Ohio. Only one of them was there. Was there mentally as well as corporally, however. This manifests itself most accurately when Lemon asked the president how he would fix mistrust in the system, particularly as it pertained to vaccine hesitancy. According to a transcript from the Cincinnati Enquirer, the CNN host lamented that even within my own family, here I am on television every night, there is ambivalence, there is misinformation. How would the president convince the hapless folks whose relatives don't have an hour to while away on cable TV every night. Biden began by saying that, first off, we've got to restore faith in government. You've got to get people to the point where they trust the government. This was reasonable stuff, even if he called Don Lemon one of the most informed journalists in the country. Part of it's generally raising confidence in elected officials. Raising confidence, Biden said. Here's your confidence raiser, America. He transitioned into talking, and I would say transition, I would say stumbled into talking. It's it's something to hear. He transitioned into talking about, quote, with regard to your family in particular, part of it is not just that they see you on television and trust you. The people who seem to have the most impact are, you know, for that 17-year-old kid, the kid he or she plays ball with, unquote. Quote, you got the vaccination? Are you? Are you okay? I mean, you seem. No, it works, Biden said to Lemon, who assumed, who assented in a way that indicated he was, wasn't unaware he was locked in a bad viral moment with a guy he really likes. That look didn't register, apparently, or you know, or the, <clears throat> this is Biden talking again, or you know, or the mom and dad, or the neighbor, or when you go to church, or... When you're, now I really mean it, there are trusted interlocutors, Biden continued. Think of the people. If your kid wanted to find out whether or not there was there was a man on the moon, or whatever, you know, something, or you know, whether those aliens are here or not, you know, who are the people they talk to, beyond the kids who love talking about it. They go to people they respect. They say, what do you think? And so they should be asking other people. The people, everything from their teachers to their ministers to their priests to people that they trust, Biden said. You know, like elected officials in whom he's trying to very hard to raise confidence. Yes. So it seems to me in Biden's, and I'm sorry to say this, but in my opinion, his dimension-riddled mind He's able to at least connect the dots enough to realize that uh, with this 
the whole COVID scamdemic, there's some people, of course, that are just going to go with it. But what it's done is it has exposed the deep state and it has alienated half the population, at least in the free world. It seems like in the developing countries, a lot of them are really going along with this whole nonsense. But now he's starting to see that the government has lost trust to the point where nobody believes him about disclosure or believes him about the reality of UFOs or aliens or any of this stuff. They're not even really not interested in their opinion anymore because as far as at least half the population is concerned, they're known liars. And I think it's important to really get a grasp on this. And he's somehow in his old worn out mind trying to trying to trying to grasp some way that the government, and by the government I mean deep state, can regain total control of the narrative. They need to control the narrative because it's just too much work to run a country North Korea style. It really is. And it's especially too much work to do that in a country like the U.S. where so many people own firearms. It's much easier just to convince the people to believe a certain thing and to get them to go along voluntarily with whatever you say that is, whether that's what is obviously a UFO, must be a drone or a meteor or swamp gas or a weather balloon, or whether it's convincing them that they have to have an experimental vaccine. You have to you have to get control of the narrative if you want to make people believe things that they don't naturally believe. People are naturally skeptical. That's just at an instinctive level. They're naturally skeptical. But they've become so dependent upon the government over the years. And the government has, to its advantage, used every uh, means of technology to, you know, just baffle and amuse people to the point where they let their guard down. Just think of all the older folks, especially. They come online with the television. Well, they automatically assume the television is speaking from a point of authority because they've never seen this technology before. Now we see the same thing happen with the Internet and then cell phones. And it seems like every time they start to lose their grip on one generation, there's some new technology invented that's so mind-blowing that the next generation succumbs to it. And it can no longer exercise skepticism. That seems to be the real fear here. But those are the two things I wanted to cover. Just this obvious, uh, uh, obvious UFO sighting that happened in Canada, where they it seems like it got hardly any press coverage, I, you know, I, I wish we could get some pictures of it, but I haven't seen any actual pictures online. And then, of course, this this really, on the surface, quite strange rambling by Biden. But I think when we really stop and think about it, I think it tells us that at some level the deep state knows that it's losing control of the narrative, at least with a large segment of the population. Now, I want to go to this next article because uh, I wanted I'd come across this little short uh, video on YouTube uh, a while back, and I. I have a link at ufowarning.com. You can go there and uh, you can see the the YouTube channel that does it. They put out a lot of these missing person videos and they cover some of the, the same stuff that Dave Politis does. Uh, it's not quite done in the same polished, really in-depth way that Dave does, but they go through and they read uh, newspaper articles. They don't put a lot of uh, uh, commentary into it, but it's just very uh, tightly... Uh, short, you know, little scripted things they do. They're fun to listen to, fun in kind of a creepy way. But, you know, some of this stuff is really um, shocking when you get in these missing person cases, whether it's people, 
you know, running through the woods till, till the meat falls off their feet or having uh, their eyes gouged out from branches hanging down. And then they, they claim that the investigators claim, well, they just kept on running. Looks to me like they're being drugged, hurled. It's almost like something to me is interdimensional going on. And then I came across this recent little video. And like I said, the links are at ufowarning.com. And it's about a brother and sister. They go out into the, 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 the woods in Arkansas down there, and he's teaching her some survival skills. At some point, neither one of them can really seem to really put their finger exactly at what the time was. They get separated. He thinks that she's lost. She thinks that he's hurt, and she's going for help. He finds his way back home. They don't find her for like five days. And as they're speaking to her, she reveals to them that at one point during the search for her, when she was trying to find her way back, she saw people hiking like a long ways off, but they couldn't hear her. And then she also described seeing what she called shadow people. And I've heard that term before, and I got to doing a little research on it, so I kind of just wanted to, to talk about that. And there's some uh, conversation about the overlap between, say, shadow people and aliens or ET or even some sort of demonic force. Now this article here comes out of Psychology Today. It's a rather old article. It comes back from July 24th, 2013. It starts off, it says, uh, Shadow people are cultural neglect of Dijin lore shields us from its psychological benefits. Wow, I wonder how it's going to benefit us. By Catherine, Catherine Ramsland, Ph.D., and it starts off by saying, I first heard about shadow people years ago when I was writing a travel feature about haunted places in New Hope, Pennsylvania. I came across the story of a house in which the female resident claimed to have seen dark shadows shaped like humans. Not only that they were aggressive, they sometimes knocked things over and slammed doors. She felt threatened. The report diverged from the typical ghost sightings I'd heard before, so I was intrigued. But I didn't often see tales like it. When I met Rosemary Ellen Guiley, one of the leading experts on the paranormal today, I asked her about these shadow people. She told me she was working on a book that identified them as a category of a creature called Dijin. We know them as genies, but that's a limited portrait. In fact, awareness of the jinn in Western culture is pretty spare to our detriment. Rosemary has published over 50 books on a wide range of paranormal, spiritual, and mystical topics and heads the Visionary Living, Inc. She's been working pretty much full-time in the paranormal realm since 1983 as a researcher, investigator, journalist, and speaker. You can ask her about anything from angels to demons. Since her book on the Dijin is now published, I ask her a few questions. I said, are you known for books about angels, demons, vampires, witches, and the like? What drew you to the Dijin as a subject? And I may not be pronouncing that correctly. Someone will let me know if I'm not. There were two major avenues, both involving shadow people, dark and menacing humanoids. I had been researching since 2004. I already knew a bit about about the djinn from, or maybe it's just called djinn, from their earlier research in demonology. I noticed that many cases of persistent negative hauntings involved shadow people. So I began probing for the true identity I discovered that many shadow people experiencers are also ET experiencers, especially abductees. Through a long process, I concluded that shadow people are a shape shifter, are a shape shifted from 
form taken by Jen, therefore there is a profound connection between between Jen and bad hauntings and ET abductions. Uh, I'll just stop there for a second. Now, the Jen or genie is associated with the desert, especially let's say in the Arabian desert. But think about this for a second. Just just come to just come to me. Uh, if you go through the New Testament, uh, when it talks about Jesus casting out the demons, oftentimes it talks about them uh, going into the desert. That's where they're trying to find, going into dry places to find refuge. Uh, when Jesus went and was tempted by Satan, I believe it was, it was in a dry place, a dry place, a desert. It's like it's like these evil spirits, from from a biblical perspective at least, like the desert, like the dry places. So I find it interesting that we see these same sort of apparitions, you know, that 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 we think of as today, you know, have the same commonality as with what what these ancient people called demons and what we today might call aliens. Very strange. It says, I discovered that many shadow people experiences are also ET experiences, especially abductees. Then she goes on, she says, uh, although other cultures have developed a variety of Jen stories, Americans have not. Have you speculated on the reason for this? And she says, most of the bedrock non-Native American folklore in America was imported by the early immigrants who were primarily European, English, Scot, and Irish. Most of the Jen lore comes out of the Middle East and never penetrated into popular culture beyond stories of genies and bottles who are never connected with their namesake and the gin. As I look through your book and website, the gin typology reminds me a lot of the medieval angel typologies. Do they have common origins? She says, no. In early Arabian lore, the gin originated out of the winds. The Quran says they were created by Allah out of smokeless fire and the angels out of a pure spiritual light. We perceive, we perceive angels, gin, fairies, demons, ETs, and even Bigfoot as having human-like hierarchies and social structures. But whether they really do, or this is a human projection, is not certain. Then she asks, One thing I noticed about the jinn, as you describe them, is that they appear to be highly adept shapeshifters. In that case, we can actually recognize an entity like this. In that case, can we actually recognize an entity like this in our minds, in our midst? She says, supposedly there are giveaway signs in old gen lore, they could not duplicate 100% of a human body, and usually their animal-like hairy legs and feet gave them away. I have speculated that shadow people wear hats and cows to cover up imperfect heads. Some experiences say the eyes of the human-shaped gen will shift to odd collars or reptilian appearance. I believe the jinn and, uh, and other shapeshifters are among us every day, and we never know unless we have certain experiences with them. She goes on and says, Since they apparently have a parallel universe, what motivates the jinn to be moving among us? Why would they bother? She says, According to lore, jinn <clears throat> were here first and were pushed out by or for us, and some of them are still angry about it and want their place back. Now, this is something that runs through a, a, a lot of a biblical philosophy where uh, certain scholars believe that uh, after the fall of the angels from heaven, Satan came to earth and man was sent here to reclaim it. 
and that's why we have all this conflict, this demonic conflict between good and evil, was because God put man here to reclaim the earth from Satan. And that would explain all the demonic activity and the craziness. And this is kind of what is what they're saying here with this this uh, tradition of the jinn, is that they were here first, man came to take it away from them, and they're not happy about it, which does make sense at that level. That would also you could you could take that notion and ask yourself, well, what's going on with some of this UFO activity? Are these actually entities that were here before us, and maybe aren't so happy about us being here? And that's why. We kind of call them the watchers sometimes. Maybe that's why they're not imparting loads of good high technology to help us, you know, in our health and well-being. Maybe that's why sometimes we have all these really bad, upsetting stories about abductions and cattle mutilations and this and that. Maybe their motives aren't that good. You know, maybe we could re-examine the relationship between us and them a little bit and open our minds a little bit to what these things could be. It goes on and says... As you collected these stories for your book, did anything surprise or disturb you about the jinn? She says, the jinn have a long-standing, deeply embedded and hidden presence among us, far greater than I anticipated. In the early stages of my research, we see only the tip of the iceberg. Also, their interference in human affairs is extensive as well. We are influenced and manipulated. And then it goes on and says, Rosemary Books, Books offers a wealth of lore and talks a little bit more about it. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting article. It's a, like I said, it's, it's a, somewhat of an old article, but um, it, it's right to the point. Now, I did have one other thing on there listed with the, with the website, and we'll see if we can get back to that. Okay. But... Um, This one, this article lists uh, uh, several different um, stories about shadow people. Uh, it's found on Mysterious Universe, and it's called The Lurking Shadow People by Jason Offit, dated March 27, 2012. It says, it starts off, it says, This scares me, and I don't know what it is. I have been seeing them since I was a little girl. Always out of the corner of my eyes, a tall black shadow. I always feel like something or someone is by me. Last night I went down to my bedroom. There it was standing next to my dresser. I ran upstairs crying to my mom. She went down and looked, saying it was only because I was overtired. But I know what I saw. I, it was very scary. I don't know what it was. I need all the help I can get. And that was written. It says, Jessica's cry for help. Very disturbing. It says, tales of walking shadows come from across the world. Some of these shadow people wander through the periphery of our lives. Others stay for years. People can rarely make out features of these darker-than-night human-shaped entities other than an occasional set of blazing red eyes. Shadow people often appear dressed as medieval as a medieval monk, wearing a fedora or bald and sexless. These entities may simply trek through our bedroom at night, never to be seen again, while others may lurk in the doorways. Just watching day after day, still others attack with energy-draining fear. He goes on and says, I've studied the shadow people. I've studied the shadow people phenomena for the past for the past decade and have come to the conclusion the term shadow people is a catch-all for entities that exhibit certain characteristics, but their origins can be wildly different. 
Through research and personal experience, I've categorized these creatures by behavior. Benign shadows. Shadow people that seem to travel briefly through a person's life. I saw these entities as a child. They appeared to walk with purpose through my room, never acknowledging me and never staying and never straying from their path. I never felt an unholy fear, just the fear of watching a dark human-shaped trespasser walked past my bed. I have to wonder if that's some sort of, you know, some kind of parallel dimension, just kind of, you know, rubbing up against each other, or if maybe they didn't do anything because they weren't allowed to. Negative shadows. Although these shadow people tend to simply lurk, they are associated with a feeling of unnatural terror. Well, naturally. Red-eyed shadows. These entities are always negative, but stare at ex- but stare at experiences with blazing red eyes. Victims often say they feel this creatures they feel this creature feed from their fear. And this is something we hear about people who have had experiences with demonic oppression too. Hooded shadows. Dressed as an ancient monk, people who encounter those shadow people feel a deep rage bubbling behind the black cow. Well, that's something else that we see in, in uh, demonic entities. The Hat Man. This entity is the most curious, dressed in a red fedora, and sometimes appearing to wear an old-time business suit. The Hat Man appears to people in cultures across the planet. Shadow people may be demonic entities, ghosts, interdimensional travelers, or other denizens of the dark realm we call the unknown. Regardless of their label, shadow people could very well be more than just one type of being. Brad Steiger, author of Shadow World, has studied the paranormal for more than 50 years and agrees. There are so many possible explanations for shadow people. I would say that experiences are seeing all of the above and giving them the name shadow people. Whatever these entities are, they are shocking to those who see them for the first time. And it goes on here. It says, A gray sheet a gray sheet of clouds stretched across the sky as 12-year-old Doug ran to the corner store. It was overcast but not raining, and in the middle of the afternoon, Doug said the day was shadowless. And decades later, he still doesn't know what he saw on his way home from the store. Arms laden with food, and at first he thought he, he thought it was a friend. As I approached the corner, it turned onto my street. I saw something black sticking beyond the bushes in the front of my house. Doug said, I yelled, Andre, and started running toward the driveway where the bushes are. The dark figure wasn't his friend, Andre. A black man-shaped shadow grew from a black man-shaped shadow grew from behind the bushes in this quiet afternoon and began running toward Doug's house. After a few steps, I saw the shadow running down my driveway toward the backyard. He said, "I ran up the driveway to the gate that leads to my backyard. I couldn't believe my eyes." Doug stood at the gate as a black shadow in the shape of a man ran across the yard and disappeared through a fence. I was shocked. He said, "I couldn't stop thinking about it." This thing that, what could it be? Why was it black when most stereotypical stories said that ghosts were white? Could this be demonic? Could it be like me, just a person? What did Doug see, a ghost, a demon, a dimensional traveler, or was it all in his mind? Now that's a good question. And the article goes on here and it has some more pretty intriguing stories. I would highly recommend you go to the website ufowarning.com and take a look at some of these. And... Like I said, while you're over there, um, find your way to the bottom of the page, and if you see the donate button, go ahead and click it on, and, and uh, send some Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or Dogecoin. It all helps. I hope you've enjoyed the program tonight, and until next week.
This is UFO Warning, over and out.